Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, April 7th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you part of the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Winnick, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us one final time on the Sports Mix until Monday April 17th will be out all next week as we'll be in Myrtle Beach for the Mingo Bay Classic, which features four EPAC baseball teams. We'll have all four covered during the week. Uh, But yesterday, last night on TV 10, we had uh, a very interesting softball game. Uh, We had seen a matchup had played out the other day. A lot closer of game then, and and this time Jefferson proved why they are the the reigning state champions and proved they could go back there once again with a 21-1 victory. Yeah, they were scoring at will in seemingly every way possible last night against Spring Mills, and you were hoping for more of a competitive game than what it was Tuesday, which was still a pretty competitive game up until that sixth inning where Jefferson scored seven runs to get the 13-5 to win. But no, last night's game was completely different and different situation on both sides. Both teams decided to have uh, freshmen be the starting pitchers for their first time in their varsity careers, and with Jefferson, probably the uh, best team in the state when it comes to their bats, getting to hit first, get a lead for their freshman pitcher in Graham. Uh, She got to pitch with more confidence up there and with a lead as well because of that, and even though Spring Mills, after giving up four runs from uh, Jasmine Vermillion in the first and a few walks, not even a lot of hits, ultimately, uh, it just never seemed like she got a groove up there, and it was just a tough night overall for the Lady Cardinals. Well, I think when you look back on it, you know, we remember the, the Grand Slam, obviously, playing a big factor, but... Jefferson scored its 21 runs on just seven hits. Yeah. So was it, you know, more so it was Spring Mills' mistakes than Jefferson's offense. Now, we know Jefferson has, you know, a great offense. The other night they hit three home runs uh, to beat this same Spring Mills team. But a lot of those runs were due to, you know, errors, walks, and just free bases given up by the Lady Cardinals. I mean, they committed six errors as a team. Uh, Jefferson drew, let's see here, uh, 16 walks in the game. Um, so you're, you're just not going to win games like that. Um, but overall, you know, Jefferson really didn't have that many opportunities to hit uh, in the game. They only, you know, struck out four, five times as a team. So, I mean, they they did their job at the plate, but it wasn't like this dominant or I'm sorry, it was Spring Mills who struck out five times. Jefferson only struck out two times in the game. So, I mean, they did their job at the plate, but it wasn't necessarily their their typical style of play. Uh, so, you know, definitely want to give credit to the Cougars for, you know, taking what the pitcher gives you. Uh, but it's definitely a, a game that is partially on just, you know, the Spring Mills defense not being up to par 
in their pitching as well. You know, anytime you give up 16 walks. And to add to that point, you know, that probably doesn't count the numerous hit by pitches as well. Right. It doesn't even have the hit by pitches, but I think we had like five of those. Or let's see here two, three, four, five, six, seven hit by pitches. So you had 23 free bases given up just between walks and hit by pitches. Wow. You know, you're not going to win that game. Uh, And then you had seven hits to go. So, I mean, 30 times players reach base for the Cougars. It's not bad on base percentage, I'd say. Not at all. The Cougars were led by Kaylee Dalton. She went two for three, had six RBIs, including a grand slam. All those RBIs came in the same inning as it was really that one inning that uh, pushed things over the limit. Yeah, the third and the fourth was really where the damage was done, uh, mostly in that fourth inning. But you got to remember that third inning and uh, where Jefferson the first time around were able to hit all the way around the lineup, add six runs, and then in the fourth inning, it's where bad things went to uh, worse things, and Jefferson was able to score 10, bat through the lineup, uh, had the grand slam, and really just put that game away and gave Spring Mills no confidence and no chance of coming back. So it shows that the Cougars uh, are still the team to beat in this area, still the team to beat probably in the entire state and you like from a freshman in the pitcher circle uh what she was able to provide it just shows the depth in the pitcher circle that they have as well i mean she's probably the number three pitcher maybe maybe number four and not a lot of teams have that yeah not a lot of not teams. a lot of teams even yeah. have two all right well colin you were able to catch up with head coach desiree waters after the 21 to 1 victory here's the interview in our pregame interview, uh, the expectations that you're trying to put more and more on your team to beat teams a lot more than you have been. Uh, did tonight's game live up to that? Yes, yeah, so that's uh, exactly what we were looking to do. Um, they did a good job being very selective, um, unfortunately. Um, and then when we did get good pitches to, to hit, um, they were doing what they needed to do with them, so I was excited to see that. And then ultimately... Uh, there in the fourth inning, getting 10 runs, and also Kaylee Dalton getting a grand slam. Just talk about how special of a moment that was for her. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a really good moment for her because um, she's kind of been up and down this season. So it's nice to see her coming around and um, really hitting nice line drive um, type of type of home run. So that's great. Back-to-back wins over the Spring Mills Cardinals, a team that's really improved so far this year as well. So hats off for and with that, but uh, moving forward, what's your team need to do to continue the success this year? Um, again, we just got to stay focused. We have um, Hampshire tomorrow, so staying um, selective again with our pitches and then hitting you know, good pitches in the zone. Um, then we go down to Charleston and play a lot of good teams on uh, Monday and Tuesday. So um, just staying focused and um, driving, driving good pitches and um, having our defense step up behind um, our pitchers is uh, we really need need that to happen. Speaking of pitcher tonight, it was Jocelyn Graham getting her first ever varsity start. She goes four innings, gave up the one run, had five strikeouts, one walk, and only gave up the four hits as well. Just talk about her performance in her first win of her varsity career. Yeah, she did. She did a great job. Um, I think it definitely helps having some experienced um, pitchers behind her, helping her. You know, just zone in. Um, 
she she really did a fantastic do- job um, not letting um, you know those. Uh, we came out the first inning, and she had two nice hard hits uh, right off of her. Um, so just being able to kind of um, hone hone that out and and get uh, get focused and uh, get get some outs. So and uh, I think right right after that, she ended up having a strikeout. So uh, nice bounce back for her. All right, coach. Anything else? No. That's- All right. Appreciate it again. That was Colin with head coach Desiree Waters as they get the win, the Jefferson Lady Cougars. They're now 9-3 and on the season, 7-0 and in the EPAC. The Cardinals fall to 7-4 and and 4-3 and in the conference. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of shift things over here as we'll talk. We'll continue softball talk. Washington shut out Musselman 8 to nothing behind Carly Constantino. Six innings on the mound with 12 strikeouts while giving up just two hits. The Patriots are now six and two on the season, five and two in the EPAC, while the Lady Appleman fell to three and six, two and five in the conference. And now we'll get the other score here. Hedgesville improved to six and four with a sixteen to one victory over St. James out of Maryland. Uh, it's going to be a tough section two. <laughs> it's going to be another classic battle for the sectional championship. My hot take is that's not just the section championship; that's the state championship between Washington and Jefferson, just like they thought it was last year. I, I think it's the same thing this year. I think whoever makes it out the of state that championship? is your state champion. I, I don't think oh. anybody else in the state can beat I Washington thought you meant that Jefferson. that was a repeat of what that was a common no, that, that can I mean, happen. Jefferson did lose, though, already to Cabell Midland and, uh, what was it, St. Albans? So, I mean, they have – I mean, that was early in the year. Jefferson has a great team again this year, but, um, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to determine who's going to win states. Uh, that's why I said it's my hot take. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad take. I think those are two of the top ten teams in the state, without a doubt. I think whoever represents this area will go on a good run um, in the state tournament. And I think Section 1 could be interesting, too, because Spring Mills has been you know competitive with Hedgesville. So, uh, you know, those two teams should have a good series, presuming those are the two teams that meet up in the Section 1 championship game. But... Um, yeah, Section 2 is obviously going to probably be Washington and Jefferson. Those are two great teams, and, you know, depending on the night, it, it could go the other way this year, depending on if they're able to get, you know, Ruffner in there quite a bit. I mean, she had a one nothing lead in that last outing, uh, or in the game that we were at, uh, before that late two-run home run. So, um, you know, I think that will be really intriguing, and I'm looking forward to softball season to continue to heat up as uh you know we have a little bit more balance we're starting to get more teams that are getting competitive they're not quite on the levels of washington and jefferson but i think hedgesville and spring mills are solid teams even though we didn't see it last night from the cardinals um you know when they have their top pitching available they can be pretty competitive as well so it should be a good year should be a good uh sectionals and and uh you know, we'll see if another state championship comes here. I wouldn't be shocked, again, if Jefferson or Washington goes on to win the state championship, just saying that I don't think it's a guarantee necessarily if they get out of here that they're going to win the states. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Busy weekend for uh, really all EPAC baseball and softball. We'll get you schedule here starting with Jefferson there today. They're at, a, at they're, I believe, at Hampshire with a double header beginning at 4 p.m., um, I, kn- I know that uh, Musselman, they're down at the Clarksburg Clash. They're taking on, uh, I believe, let me see, it doesn't say it on there, but I saw it on their Facebook page. They were playing Lincoln this afternoon, I believe. 
and they're playing or they're playing Liberty this afternoon, playing Lincoln tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a busy time, and uh, let's see what else is going on. Hedgesville, they're at East Fairmont tonight at Bridgeport tomorrow, and to play Wheeling Park as well. Uh, just you know, a lot of tournaments going on this weekend. We'll look at Spring Mills. They're off until Monday. They're playing Berkeley Springs. Uh, Washington softball. They're at Morgantown tonight, this afternoon. A big uh, big matchup there. They'll play Robert C. Bird as well. Pendleton County, Tucker County tomorrow. Uh, so a lot of games happening in softball over the next 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a busy weekend in both softball and baseball. Can't forget that. Back. Looks like Williamsport is their, uh, let me see. Yeah, it looks like Mar- Martinsburg softball playing Williamsport in a doubleheader tomorrow. So a lot of make it back to his lot of softball. Didn't, didn't finish really it. Add much of it. Okay, yeah. it wasn't that important. A lot of so. softball action happening. I don't know. I just like all those uh, state games, and so get to see how our teams around here truly do uh, fare with those around the state. Yeah, that'll be something good to look out for. We'll move things over to baseball here, as there was only one game to talk about from yesterday, as Musselman knocked off Spring Mills six to nothing. The matinee one thirty start at Spring Mills. Jason Meyer struck out ten over six innings, giving up just two hits. The Appleman improved to nine and three, five and one in the EPAC. The Cardinals they fell to four and six and two and four in the conference. Our trip Tobin was out there, and he caught up with Jason Myers after his uh, performance on the mound yesterday. I'm here with uh, Jason Myers, winning pitcher today for the Musselman Appleman. Uh, Jason, six innings, two hits, ten strikeouts at the play. He had a double and an RBI. How's this? Uh, how's how's this feel to be uh, victorious after they got you the first game of the year? Oh, it feels great. A little bit of redemption there. Just feels good. I was able to stay on top of the batters, which I wasn't able to do against Hedgesville as much, but it was a good game. So you got yourself in a little bit of a jam there, but his base is loaded, nobody out, and you come out on the skate. Can you go through that inning with us real quick? Yeah. Uh, the arms started to get a little tired, feeling a little fatigued, but I just had to settle in, slow down. I was rushing a little bit. Ended up working out. How'd you like the atmosphere here today with all the student body? It didn't really affect much. I kind of tuned them out. All right. Well, congratulations, Jason. That was Trip Tobin with Jason Myers, the winning pitcher from yesterday for the Musselman Appleman. Now we'll hear Trip Tobin with head coach for the Musselman Appleman, Coach Josh Hartman. I'm here with head coach. Uh, here with head coach Josh Hartman. Josh, last time you guys took a loss was nine games ago to the same Spring Mills team. Today, you're able to even the score. You want to take us through the game real quick? Uh, Jason was pretty much locked in from the beginning. Uh, he controlled the whole game. Uh, his pitch count was low going into, the, into that last inning that he, that he pitched. And, uh, kind of labored there in that inning and was able to get out with a bases loaded jam with no outs. And uh, we're going to ask, man, you can't you ask for a better, better opportunity in the job that he did tonight. Well, you got some hitting up and down the lineup here near your offense. Certainly you sputtered a little bit there, but you were able to generate some runs. Uh, you uh, put a little pressure on that team in the bases. Is that some things you've been working on? Oh, absolutely. You try to work on small ball advanced runners. Austin had a nice bunt advanced runner there. Um, tried again and didn't get the bunt down. We were able to just steal the bag and, and, and work our runners across and end up getting a run that way as well. So sometimes you got to do that. These guys like to hit. They obviously don't like when you give them the bunt sign, but sometimes when you do that, it's required and needed, and they did a good job with that today. Congratulations. Good luck this next week when you head to Morgantown, correct? 
All right, that was Trip Tobin with head coach Josh Hartman for the Muscleman Appleman. And it was a pretty good game going through uh, really the first three, four innings. It was just 2 nothing Muscleman, and then they were able to score two in the fifth, two in the seventh to make it 6 to nothing. Uh, but a big win for the Appleman. They would re- re- get redemption after that early season loss. Now they sit at 9-3, and three and really – you kind of look at the two top teams when it comes to records in this conference. It's Hedgesville and it's Musselman. Yeah, they've been, uh, you know, two of the better teams, like we've said, really all year and what we kind of expected out of these teams having uh, so much returning. And, you know, I mean, you only give up two hits to uh, Spring Mills yesterday. Spring Mills strikes out 11 times at the plate. Does draw four walks, uh, which kept them kind of in it and gave them a few opportunities to potentially score some runs. But, you know, overall, uh, the pitching really was the story, I think, for Musselman. Their offense wasn't, uh, you know, explosive necessarily. They had nine hits, uh, only two extra base hits and though of those nine. So it wasn't a huge day at the plate with six runs put up. But uh, when Myers gives you six innings, two hits allowed, ten strikeouts, and then Trevor Bohr, you have him that can come in and close things out. Uh and give up just or no hits in one inning in a strikeout. You know, that shows the depth in the pitching of this team and, and their ability for both Hedgesville and Mosselman we've seen this week now, the ability to win games in different ways, you know, and probably not play your best baseball overall, but still find a way to win. And, you know, a 6 nothing win is, is solid, especially against a team that you lost to earlier this year. Uh, to bounce back and get that win shows how good this Musselman team is but I think for Spring Mills too I mean it does show that they are battling they're being a little bit more competitive at times they're not quite on the same level as a team like Musselman but um, if they could have just got you know especially offensively really held them back their pitching wasn't too bad Gerardin gave you a solid six and a third uh, five earned five strikeouts so he wasn't you know struggling too badly against a really tough offense Uh, but it just wasn't enough to get it done and overall you know Musman they find ways to win games just like Hedgesville did and that's why those two teams have been sitting at the top this year speaking of finding ways to win games they're currently right now playing in Cumberland against Mountain Ridge they'll play Allegheny later this afternoon they're up seven to three right now uh, in the fourth inning they scored four in the top of the fourth after scoring one each in the first couple of innings Baden Hartman on the mound so far three innings giving up two hits three runs one earned four walks five strikeouts about 70 pitches here heading to the bottom of the fourth inning uh, and Jason Myers doing it at the plate today along with Wyatt McClintock both two for three with two RBIs apiece an RBI from Kyle Lohr and an RBI from Trevor Bohr as well uh, but this Musselman team looking to continue its dominance. They take on, as I said, Mountain Ridge right now, Allegheny later on today. And then tomorrow they'll take on Lincoln County and Elkins at Elkins. And then they're heading up to the Northern Panhandle for some games before coming back here at the end of next week as they won't head to uh, Myrtle Beach with some of the teams. Because it'll be a jammed pack week for them. I mean, Friday to Friday, I guess, yeah, you go Friday to Friday, they're playing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine nine games Friday to Friday. That is a busy schedule, but they're playing tremendous baseball. And that number that you just mentioned, nine, that's how many wins they have in a yeah. row right now. They're looking really good, and you look at their On schedule. the way to 10 right now. Yeah, on their they way to 10 it. right now. Even if they do fall to Allegheny, we know Allegheny a really good team 
in the uh, area there in Cumberland. And even if you do lose that one, you're still a team with only one loss from in-state teams. Even though you started the year 0-3, Spring Mills got you. The two other ones are from teams from Virginia. If Allegheny gets you, that's from Maryland. So you're a very solid program, and that's exactly what we expected from Musselman, who continue to roll in. It's going to be great to see when they get to go up against Hedgesville again because Hedgesville continues to roll, and it seems like there might not be stopping them for the Eagles anytime soon from anybody, too. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. Looking at Spring Mills' upcoming schedule this weekend, they're at Phillip Barber for a doubleheader tomorrow at 12-3. and three. Uh, moving on to the rest of the EPAC, we'll preview tonight's action between Martinsburg and Hedgesville. We saw that game earlier in the year. Had to be continued from March 17th uh, later into the week, couple weeks later. Uh, but it was a four, it was an eight to four victory for Hedgesville as it was one nothing headed into that continued game. And uh, have not gotten confirmation from Coach Grove. Who is on the mound for them? I do have confirmation, though. It will be Mike Lupus for the Bulldogs on the mound tonight. And this is a big sectional game between these two teams. Obviously, if you're Martinsburg, you want to get the win to even things up. But if you're Edgesville, you want to take two games from them in the season, which would be huge. My guess would be it would be Lane DeLauder here tonight. Yeah, yeah that's for my guess. Eagles. Or we could see Ruest. I mean, we got to see him both pitch in the last but game. But Ruest pitched Ruest 11 pitched days. the other day yeah. so. in relief. So I think Lane, he's had seven days off uh, since a dominating performance against Spring Mills. I think you go with him tonight. If you need relief, you, you can turn to Jackson at some point as well. Um, but, you know, that just makes the most sense. And It does. And I think that's how they're going to roll tonight. So. You know, for Martinsburg, they're going to throw Mike Lupus, give him a little bit different look uh, than what they saw the first time around, which was Boober. Um, and, you know, Lupus has been good this year at times, and, and he's had success pitching. Uh, he's actually led the team in innings this year, 16 innings of work, 2-1 and one record. Uh, he's given up 8 earned. So, pretty good start to the year for him. 3.5 G, or GPA, <laughs> ERA, uh, which is actually... Uh, among the most innings is number one, but is number uh, two on the team behind Ryzen Weber so far. Um, so he's he's been pretty good, and I think they need a good pitching performance out of him against a pretty hot Hedgesville team. But for Hedgesville too, I mean, I know that they bounced back at a big win over Berkeley Springs, but the way they played in that uh, win the other night wasn't their best baseball so i think they need to come out and really be focused and there's no reason for them not to be they're playing martinsburg at martinsburg a big rivalry you know they should come out and play their best baseball but i think it should be a good game martinsburg certainly has a shot tonight to pull off the win um but they're gonna need you know good production from the lineup obviously and it's a tough matchup going up against lane DeWater, one of if not the best pitcher in the epac they got one run off of him though in that first game yeah, just one. But he didn't he I mean, only that was pitched three innings. Yeah, that was three innings, one run over three innings. You don't know what could have happened if that game would have continued. So But and that to, one run though wasn't earned. It was that's true. You know, that's true. a yeah. big mistake. So I mean it was it was a throw over that allowed a runner to get the third. If yeah. you don't make that mistake, it's nothing, nothing. That is true. Game going on right now is Jefferson and Moorfield at Moorfield. Jefferson up two to one, and we'll have to talk to to coach Lowry next week in Myrtle Beach. Uh, but every single time I've seen Daquan Scheip pitch, it seems like he only pitches one inning. It's kind of only it kind of seems like that they're going with an opener. 
Like that. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to slowly stretch out Stripe to the end so. of the year. No, but when I've looked on Game yeah, Changer, no, there's been a couple right. games where he's just pitched one inning, but he pitched one inning, struck out two, giving up one. Uh, now it's Kelly in as he pitched one inning, giving up two hits, striking out one so far, but they're up two to one right now. And uh, they'll be down in Myrtle Beach. That's their next game, but that game's currently going on right now. Um, Martinsburg over the weekend, they'll take on Greenbrier East. Tomorrow we'll have both those games for you beginning at 10.40 a.m. with the pregame show. Then the next one's scheduled 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first one. Uh, am I missing anybody here we talked about? Muscle, we talked about Spring Mills. Washington, Washington currently taking – well, not currently. Will take on Greenbrier East, getting ready for warm-ups probably right now as a – Greenbrier East in, in the Eastern Panhandle for four games over two days. Doubleheader beginning at 1 p.m. And uh, then their next games will be down in Myrtle Beach. But, uh, guys, uh, Greenbrier East here for four games. And we saw what happened to get to them last week when they played Musselman at Epling Field in Beckley. Uh, could be another rude awakening for them coming playing an EPAC team. For EPAC's sake, obviously, we hope so. We'd like when the teams from our area – get a win and we got to see earlier this week uh washington bounce back after the loss to hedgesville uh still have the suspension still have a few injuries but against greenbrier east it's two winnable games but it is tough to win of a double header but i still expect them to i don't have much to add i mean i, I would say that you know martinsburg's obviously more focused on tonight but you know yeah. moving on you know you'll you'll see probably a similar approach to how they did handle last week's doubleheader all right that we will but we'll uh be on the air tonight 5 40 for the pre, or excuse me 6 40 for the pregame 7 p.m first pitch tomorrow 10 40 a.m 11 a.m first pitch for game one then th- game two will be 30 minutes after the end of game one Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some NFL news. Uh, apparently, an NFL reporter is uh, has a projection for a trade that involves Rodgers and Aaron, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. Talk about that. Plus, uh, where Frank Reich could be choosing for the Panthers if he was to choose, but. The organization thinks elsewhere. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident or fire. 
Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 AM 740 and TV 10. We were good, we were cold, kind of dream that can't be so. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. As we get into this NFL segment, Nick, you found a, you found this thing from NFL reporter Matt Lombardi. He projects Aaron a big trade, a blockbuster trade, Aaron Rodgers not to the Jets, to the Ravens for the 22nd overall pick, and Lamar to the Colts for the 4th overall pick in what, a three-team trade or just two different trades? Not certain there, but it's Matt Lombardo. Lombardo, excuse me. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting idea. I don't know if he has any actual source on that or if that's just kind of him speculating, but um, it makes some sense that the uh, Packers seem to want a first-round pick from the Jets for Aaron Rodgers. The Jets don't seem to be willing to move off of that first-round pick at least as of right now, I think something probably gets done between those two teams and they're just kind of holding out to hope that the Packers lower their price. But if the Ravens wanted to swoop in and uh, say, hey, you know, things aren't going to work out with Lamar, let's go get Aaron Rodgers for the 22nd pick. And I guess they would have to then, for salary cap reasons, make it some sort of three-team trade with the Indianapolis Colts or whoever at that point. Uh, in exchange for Lamar Jackson, try to get a top five pick and probably some other compensation as well. And that would put them in position to, you know, draft one of the top defenders in the draft, either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and, uh, you know, have a quarterback that still can play at a high level, um, maybe didn't play up to his standard, but I think could have a bounce back season. Um, it would certainly be the craziest move in the history of the league in some ways if a three-team trade involving two premier quarterbacks and two MVP quarterbacks. Um, I don't see this actually happening, but I think it's an interesting idea. And yeah, it's definitely fun to talk about, but yeah. it makes absolutely no sense for any of these teams involved, in my opinion. You, you look sense at, for the Colts. Yeah. You look at the Colts, you got to change your entire offensive system, though, if you put Lamar there. Baltimore would Not have to really change their entire I, offense because mm. of Aaron Rodgers. You get the fourth pick, you give up the 22nd, okay. With the fourth pick, though, Rodgers is only around for how many more years? Not a lot. One or two. So do you go get a quarterback with that fourth pick? Yeah, I'm sure Rodgers is going to be happy with a team in the first round getting another quarterback to well, potentially think, replace him down the road. 
it, it's fun talking about, but no, zero chance this happens. Well, I think at that point you wouldn't get a quarterback. I think you're going all in on building for a Super Bowl if yeah. you go and get Aaron Rodgers. So you are essentially saying, hey, hopefully we can win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. Um, and then after that, whatever happens, happens. Kind of like the L.A. Rams or the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, perspective was when they made their moves and, and kind of went all in on veterans and trying to win a championship. So, uh, again, do I think this is going to happen? No. Would it be interesting? Obviously, yeah. Um, I don't like the move necessarily because – I. Does Rodgers really change? I don't your think Rodgers is enough to make the Ravens for a Super better Bowl or team. worse. Exactly. Also, yeah. I don't think there's a change. You gotta, you gotta for think Super about Bowl this. Chances complain between those two quarterbacks. You got to think about this for Rodgers. You only have a certain shelf life left. Yeah. Like if you're Lamar, hypothetically, if he can stay healthy, you have a good good bit of time left in the your problem career. Is he doesn't want to be there though. That's, At least that yeah. seems to be. I mean, he's requested a trade, so if he doesn't want to play for your team. This might be your best option um, if you're the Ravens. But, you know, Rodgers coming into this team, you still need to go out and get a legitimate wide receiver one. Um, if you could add that, you know, you do have a few pieces. You probably have to go out and get Randall Cobb, a legitimate wide receiver four. Um, and well, Randall to, Cobb, you know, did they trade him or they want to trade him? He, he went it, somewhere, didn't he already? Didn't, didn't he, he already, already go to the Jets maybe? I don't know. That's I what I'm know. confused because I feel like a lot of – rumored to the Jets. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to double check. I think he's a free agent, though. At one point, he was like some Ravens fans said that they signed him, but that was just like their kind of signing. Like it was like a joke. And they do have Nelson Aguilar, which is get OBJ. Yeah, well, the Ravens did supposedly offer him, so maybe so. they're already looking to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Yeah, I don't it's know. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Some draft news coming up here with the draft. Uh, just about what less than three weeks round one is right. The 27th, Thursday yep. the 27th. All, all three rounds are within the same amount of days. Yes. That's true. That's true. All right, <laughs> Frank Reich. You the, wait a whole week in between rounds. <laughs> Frank Reich, the new head coach for the Panthers. His quarterback of choice, according to uh, rumors, is it's Anthony Richardson. Uh, the rest of the uh, Panthers organization likes C.J. Stroud, so there's some you know, there's some divide in where they want to go with quarterback. Kind of sounds familiar to the, to the uh, then-Washington Redskins in 2012. Not everybody was all in on RG. That's true. But it, was, it doesn't make it sense. It was Dan Snyder that one. Who were they? Still all Bryce in? Young. I don't know. Because at number two, you weren't going to get luck. So yeah, I don't know. You didn't really have much of a choice. I yeah, guess Kirk Cousins. I think, late. Every, I think they either wanted the trade or just not get a quarterback. There maybe right. was the decision. Other than RG three, it wasn't a different quarterback. Other than RG, you know, Washington passed up on Justin Herbert for Chase Young. I still think Chase Young's going to be fine. Yeah, but, but wouldn't you rather have Herbert? I don't know. It, it's a fun debate. I mean, what has Herbert done? What has Chase Young done? He's been hurt. Has seven sacks in one season. It's a different that. debate right. one season. But different debate for another day. We uh, still got two more segments to it. I would say, you know, Carolina and Frank Reich's history says that he likes a bigger quarterback. Yeah. But most people believe Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the draft despite his size so it's and interesting they don't have him me, in either of those two yeah that's not right. anything that's being that, speculated that that's not who they're actually considering at least according to that report um which is pretty shocking and i know that you know reich has that familiarity of working with a bigger quarterback 
And we all would prefer, I think, if Bryce Young was six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. But everything else checks the box on Bryce Young. And I have been kind of against drafting him number one, but I I've I've noticed that, you know, there seems to be an overall perspective that he is significantly better than Stroud in the next few quarterbacks. Yeah. Like he's the clear cut number one. And if that's the case and that's how your scouts feel I'm very shocked that he's not going to be the number one pick. At least that's how it seems, which may be a mistake here by Carolina. And I understand the the love for Richardson in some ways, but if if you wanted Richardson, you probably didn't have to go up to number one. You probably could have gone up to three, yeah, and still got him. So, to me, if you're trading up for one, you gave up DJ Moore, a legitimate, you know, top. 15 receiver in the league you gave up a lot of draft picks and you're gonna take a guy that's not even considered the best quarterback in the draft probably number one that's interesting to me. that's a big risk you hope a few years down the road that he becomes the best quarterback in this draft class but it, right now it's tough to see that so do you take that risk i i agree it, it it's baffling to me that he wants Richardson everybody else wants Stroud and they're just leaving Bryce Young who everybody else thinks is the clear-cut number one in the dust yeah, yeah that's very interesting but obviously we've got about three weeks till the draft so we will find out on uh what thursday april 27th in that first round who's going to be picked Maybe where they're going to be, gonna be picked. Uh, travis says so yeah travis does think so also that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by our cd's home store not just some blind store any longer captains and designer betting after living as family owned and operated right here in martinsburg at 360 hackwilson way Go to OrsiniEast.com for more. When we get back on the other side of this break, we'll talk Nationals and Orioles. Nationals lost a tough one yesterday. Got a good day on the mound from Josiah Gray. And we're one week into the MLB season. Thoughts so far? You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. I know a place where the 
Not California, but it will be the South. We'll be there next week. California is not in the South. No. We're in the North and the South. And yeah, the West. Uh, in the West. So, but. No, it won't be California, not where we're going, but we're going to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Should be some nice weather down there next week. We'll have baseball for you all week on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube Live from the Mingo Bay Classic. Is there Featuring, a song about Myrtle Beach? No. <laughs> Featuring games from the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Washington Patriots, Hedgesville Eagles, and Jefferson Cougars. They're all down there at the tournament. Uh, the Mingo Bay Classic, which, as one would think, found this out last year. The creator of the Mingo Bay Classic is the head baseball coach at Myrtle Beach High School. Prior to Myrtle Beach High School, do you know where he coached in? What state he coached in? West Virginia. West Virginia in Mingo County. Mingo Beach. So that's why it's named Mingo Bay Classic. Speaking of baseball, the Nationals, they lost a tough one, one nothing to the to the Colorado Rockies to open the when series were we yesterday. Speaking of the Nationals. We're talking about baseball. I said speaking of baseball. You said speaking of the Nationals. Whatever. Sorry. Same thing. They Same are thing. Baseball. Baseball, <laughs> baseball, baseball, baseball. All right. Uh, Josiah Gray, he had a good night on the mound. He just gave up one earned run. The offense, though, non-existent. And uh, that's just going to be, you know, good pitching and you don't have any offense. Seems like when the Nationals were actually good with Max Scherzer, they have no offense behind him. They fall. They are now 1-6 and six on the season. They take on the Rockies. Continue that second game tonight. We'll be at 840. We'll bring you the coverage of that once the high school game's over. Then we'll have coverage of the third and fourth game of the series, as well as Monday's opener at the Los Angeles Angels. But 810 tomorrow, first pitch. 310 is the first pitch on Sunday. We'll be into those games at 740 tomorrow night and 240 on Sunday. The Nationals doing what we thought they would do, not win. When will they win again is the real question. That's a good question. It it could be a very long losing streak for all we know. And playing in Colorado with the altitude, you always expect the offense to be better and the uh, extra base hits to be there. But when you go from a very big temperature change from Washington where you were playing in the 80s to now Colorado when you're playing in the 40s, maybe that could have been a factor yesterday i don't know but washington needs to figure something out because it's going to be a very very long grueling season either way yeah it'll be a very long season uh the o's they open things up at camden yards tonight or this afternoon excuse me against the yankees 305 is the first pitch uh kramer pitching for the orioles schmidt for the yankees uh the opening weekend who else is pitching for them this weekend guys um tomorrow i Irvin, believe it Irvin. was Irvin, and then sunday was undecided last time i looked i don't know if that's changed in the uh past yes, few hours still undecided so i just checked it's always fun when you play the yankees though right home opener hopefully there's a decent crowd this weekend they postponed the opener yesterday because of the expected rain that never came so frustrated some fans because it was just a beautiful 80 degree day that they didn't get to go see baseball but either way looking for the o's to beat the yanks yeah and then uh what's interesting is nestor cortez is pitching tomorrow he spent time with the orioles during that terrible season like Mm -hmm. the really bad one like the 47 win year or whatever it was and uh he sucked for them but then he went to the yankees and now he's (laughs) like really good so hmm don't you love that's, that that's usually how it works out, yeah. though. Yeah, that but really is how it works out. It is what it is. It is what it is. We're week 
Oh, just over a week in the into the MLB season. What do we think so far, guys? Pitch clock, games getting shorter a little bit. The pitch clock's actually grown on me, and the point you were you telling made me this in the car the, the other game, day. Yeah, Nick, and I agree with is it, it's one made the game quicker, and two, it makes you feel like the action is more packed because there's no downtime. You mentioned you noticed that with the camera angles, they never really took it off the pitcher and showed fans or anything because they don't have the time to do so it, it forces the game to move and at first me being more of a traditional fan for the most part in some aspects of the game I, I did not think I was going to like the pitch clock at all but it, it started to grow on me yeah I like it and uh I think so far you know this season's a, a good start um besides some of the uh controversial contro- controversy um with some of the the calls regarding the pitch clock and all these other new rules um i think once the the players you know adapt to it and get used to it we won't really see as much of that um but that was kind of an issue early in the year at least in spring training um but overall i think it you know baseball's off to a good start i think the games are about 30 minutes quicker yeah than they were before so initially i think a lot of people had this whole thought that this would you know, ruin the game or anything like that. But I think so far most of the rule changes have been pretty good. So um, I think I, I've enjoyed the season so far, and I think it may help baseball grow in the future. I don't think it's going to bring new fans in in terms no. of people that have already decided that they just don't really like baseball that much. Yeah. But I think for people that are young and, and starting to watch sports for the first time and maybe starting to watch baseball, maybe they'll stick with it longer and uh, – you know grow as fans but there's still other issues you know they probably need a salary cap at some point yes and some other things to attract people more to the sport but um that's never gonna happen so i mean it is what it is right but uh i think i think overall the the changes have been good at least for the enjoyment of watching the game at home opposed to going to a game at the park yeah i would i would tend to agree with you on that and colin and i were talking about the timing of the games we were down there filming that uh, commercial at Locust Hill the other day. Was listening to the Nats game as we were driving down there. Got back in the van, and it was just about over. Mm-hmm. And we're like, holy crap, that's fast. Like, yeah, it was a two-and-a-half-hour game. Yeah, comparatively to like a three-hour game. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little longer, depending on how things go. Tiger Woods getting ready to tee off here at the second day of the Masters. Could be his last one if he doesn't make the cut today, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the side of this break. We'll talk a little Masters talk as uh, we'll see how Tiger hits this first tee shot. And uh, talk about, you know, the leaderboard right now as Brooks Kepka in the lead solidly as he's almost done with his round. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
When you are looking for the perfect gift, look no further than L.A. Roberts Jewelers at 146 North Queen Street in downtown Martinsburg. Choose from a huge selection of unique items from the finest diamonds that make your eyes sparkle to exquisite timepieces, figurines, and collectibles. Buying from L.A. Roberts Jewelers means that you've made the decision to do business with people who've excelled in the industry for more than 100 years. They'll be here tomorrow when you need them, and if you need your jewelry or your watch repaired, they'll do that too. L.A. Roberts in downtown Martinsburg. Old World Jewelers for a new age. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix, this final segment for April 7th, 2023. And our final segment of the show till Monday, April 17th, we'll be out at the Mingo Bay Classic in Myrtle Beach following four of the six EPAC teams. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Segment sponsored in part by the Mirrors Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy stop by 1271 Chester Avenue. Call 304-263-4343 as Tiger teed off there, which could possibly be his last of this tournament, as if he might not make the cut. And then uh, Nick's favorite golfer, Victor Hovland, teed off immediately after him. As uh, good too, yeah. Brooks Kepka in the lead through seventeen. Jason Day had not that he, Brooks Kepka at twelve under. Uh, Jason Day through fourteen at nine under. Hovland just teeing off seven under par. John Rahm will tee off here in about twenty minutes. He's Hovland for third. Um, and then we have an amateur in fifth place. Uh, Bennett, he's six under through 11. Morikawa tied for sixth uh, with Burns and Spieth at five under. There, it should be a good weekend for the Masters down there. Yeah. Um, Always is. Usually. Right? I mean, Usually. There's no bad I heard there's a the chance forecast. for rain. Ah. This could be, though, if Tiger doesn't make the cut, it might be his last round ever at the Masters for all I, we know. I unfortunately think that's the case. So, yeah. hopefully not. I, I like watching Tiger and want to this week. I think everybody does, unless you're a big Tiger hater. Yeah. He's a legend. He's the greatest of all time. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have EPAC Baseball, Martinsburg, Hedgesville tonight. 6.40 the pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch. Tomorrow we'll have Martinsburg hosting Greenbrier East for a doubleheader. All action begins at 9.40 with the pregame. 10 a.m. first pitch. Second game will be 30 minutes after the conclusion of that. We'll join the Nationals in progress tonight. Have them tomorrow at 7.48.10. 
and then 340-310 on Sunday. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. You can tune in the replay tonight from 5 to 6, and we'll talk to you again on the Sports Mix Monday, April 17th. Tune in all next week as we'll have EPAC baseball teams down to the Mingo Bay Classic. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Trip Tobin for getting us interviews. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Police saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight for some EPAC baseball action. You're listening to the Panhandle Leader in sports coverage. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg.